0: launch, scale, and ultimately exit successful group practices. In short, we create clarity, confidence, and results. Welcome, everybody, to yet another episode of the Group Practice Accelerator podcast. And today is yet another personal journey by a very good friend of mine, Dr. Will Harvey of Harvey Family Dentistry in Eastern North Carolina. He is a wonderful clinician, a great business owner, and has built an unbelievably good business. Really one of the, the stories that I love telling, and I'm bringing him behind the microphones to help tell his story today. I know it pretty well, but I think you'll learn a lot from him. Get your pad and pen ready. You know it'll be a note-taking episode and brew another wonderful cup of that meal of coffee. The Group Practice Accelerator podcast is on the air. And welcome, everybody, once again to the Group Practice Accelerator podcast. I am your host, Perrin Desports, and as I teased in the introduction, I'm joined by somebody who's become a good friend of mine, Dr. Will Harvey, founder and owner of Harvey Family Dentistry in eastern North Carolina. Dr. Harvey, thanks so much for a little time this afternoon. I appreciate you joining me.
1: Hey, Perrin, great to be back with you here again and look forward to our, our conversation.
0: Yeah, it's always fun. We we enjoy uh, sharing a lot of dialogue about your business, our business, life, and everything in between. So I don't want to prep this for the audience by saying this is going to be a ten-part episode, but we could probably make it into that between you and me if we wanted to. Let's uh let's take a couple of quick seconds to start our conversation because, um, a number of people, uh, know, you know, of you, I speak, uh, very highly about you frequently. Yours is a great story. Um, but for those who are maybe new to the podcast or, or haven't, uh, heard your story or met you before, can you give us like the high level overview of your background? What got you into dentistry? Um, where, where Beaufort, North Carolina and Kinston, North Carolina are, and a little bit about your background.
1: Yeah, Perrin. So, I'm I'm down in coastal or eastern North Carolina. Um, practice is spread over about a hundred mile radius, kind of a more rural area. Um, you know, coming through college, uh, I was, I had one granddad that was a uh, architect and, and builder, and and the other was a uh, physician. Um, dentistry was the, the closest cross between medicine and carpentry I could find. Um, you know, I, I saw what the patients meant to my granddad, but also saw his long hours in medicine and kind of the forces that were changing the, the landscape uh, of the business of medicine and, uh, you know, wanted, wanted to really be involved in helping people, providing care and, and uh, relationship with my community at the same time, you know, maybe Monday through Thursday.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's a great uh, look inside the perspective of a, a healthcare entrepreneur, right? And somebody who does want to be the, a, a business owner. And I think there are ample advantages. They always have been in dentistry and they continue to be to this day. And you're obviously a a bright light as it relates to that. Let's talk about the um uh, initial practice in in Kinston. Uh, if anybody know if anybody in the audience knows Kinston, they might associate it with uh, affordable dentures where they got their start. But I think yours is a little bit different story than that. So so what was Kinston and how did it all begin?
1: Yeah, so they're a little bit smaller group than us. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I'd been out of school working a, as an associate with another doctor and was approached by uh, a childhood friend. Um, her and a classmate had assumed her father's practice. Uh, so it was already a bit of a group, the two of them and uh, and one other gentleman who, uh, who kind of moved in as uh, Walgreens purchased and uh, demolished sort of the old dental center in town. And uh, so, you know really a group was all I ever knew. I went from being an associate with one other doctor to kind of moving in and assuming this practice and um, enjoyed collaborating and having other doctors and second opinions of people to bounce stuff off of, uh, you know, under the same roof. And it really never made sense to shrink back or, or uh, serve fewer patients or less provide less, uh, you know, futures for team members. And so Ah, uh, we we just kept on plugging along, trying to uh, take great care of people and provide opportunities, and and that practice, uh, you know, just continued to grow and expand.
0: Yeah, really a a phenomenal business in a in a neat little town, honestly, uh, in eastern North Carolina. And like you mentioned, it's it's really a you cover a more rural market um, uh, than most have ever seen. But I, it really gave me an affinity early on um for the impact that uh, well run clinical practices make in their local community i mean you're kind of everything to those people and and you can do a lot of services under one roof but y'all uh, you know methodically i'll say not quickly but methodically expanded from from that location into multiple locations before you and i got to know one another so can you maybe paint some of the the I paint a picture for some of the challenges you encountered early on like going from one to three or four locations and and these were businesses that were probably about what a half hour apart maybe at that point 45 minutes or so.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um I joked in the last episode for those of y'all that heard it that I kind of met parent of my low point uh you know <laughs> I was barely solvent coming off of a hurricane that left us with no power in all the offices for several weeks. Uh, I was quickly learning that I could be maybe in two places sometimes at once and definitely not three. Um, and, and so, yeah, it became a situation of kind of helping out a colleague that was having some health problems, stepping in and shoring up his office until someone could purchase it. That someone became me. And then about that time, another friend who had purchased a satellite, uh, quickly realized that, you know, group practice was not for him. And, and we wound up kind of helping him out of that situation as well. Um, I really liked going in and treatment planning these practices and, and applying some of the best practices and, and things that I had learned in my my main office and um, in, in kind of uh, lifting up the care that the patients were getting, uh, creating uh, more growth opportunities for the team and staff. And you know, offering a great place for some of these doctors out of school to land,
0: yeah, it's it, it's a a great story and and one that quickly morphed into um uh, somebody who's really cr- connected to the local community and has what I call a lot of tribal knowledge. Now, I, I will preface all of that by saying for the audience that you know of all the consulting services we offer, hurricane recovery is not one of them. So ours was truly uh, a, a unique relationship at an at a, a incredibly odd point in time. Uh, and and you were really, you were shouldering a lot of responsibility and, and a lot of stress in, in those days, but you all recovered really well from it um, and then uh, started methodically expanding. So I think, you know, our our audience, um, tends to tends to kind of skew toward the younger end of the profession, uh, the first half of the career of the profession, so to speak. And a lot of them are, are challenged um, by recruiting associates and, and feeling that if they're going to build a viable business, they have to pick a major metropolitan market, you know, um, Charlotte or Dallas or Atlanta or w- whatever right? Where, where all the young associates want to go and everything. But yours is a business that I love because um, you, you're in, in secondary and tertiary markets, but the stability of the businesses that you're building is is quite remarkable. And your ability to acquire and merge or acquire and and de novo off of it has been um a multifaceted growth strategy and we don't get to talk about this too terribly often because it's really challenging to replicate and all but impossible in those major metropolitan markets which is why I kind of love telling the story of the business that you've built and the business that you're building i think there's a lot of genius behind it so can you maybe just take us sort of inside the way you look at your entire geography and the way you've been disciplined about networking, learning about opportunities, um, knowing so much uh, inherently about all of your competitors and and your soon to be acquisition opportunities. let's Let's maybe peel back the layer of the onion a little bit and and give us will Harvey's insight into the the marketplace from that standpoint
1: yeah, absolutely parent. I mean, you know, the communities are a big thing. We want to support and be great members of the communities that we're in. And you know, everything's driving driven by the the needs of those communities and the patients there. and it's all centered around those patients and and they have a they have a need to be served and and cared for and and we try to find and pair. Uh, docs coming out of school either back to their hometown or their spouse's hometown where uh you know they become members of those communities and and uh really engage and involve with the patients um just because it's it's tough to uh to leave a place um and, and it and it's nice to serve people that uh that you know you you come in contact with on a daily basis yeah it's um, you know sorry go ahead sorry go ahead no no
0: it's akin to the hometown hero type thing but keep keep rolling with that thought yeah
1: yeah yeah absolutely and then as far as you know bifurcating or de novo or whatever i mean i've just really looked to the communities the paths of development of roads of pockets of of housing of uh retiring doctors of just opportunities for spaces that just weren't served or underserved and um you know, it it uh, as as things develop and, and roads change, and uh, you know communities grow in other directions. Uh, you know, it it represents um, you know opportunities to kind of move to where things are headed.
0: Yeah, it's really being able to to read the tea leaves multiple years in advance, and I think this is another thing about your business and your area that is completely lost on a lot of people that are um, defaulting to the major metropolitan markets um, due to, for lack of a better term, just like ease and and the the lifestyle they want to live. There's certainly nothing wrong with that. But Knowing your area as well as you do and being able to to see where the paths of development are going and being able to to be connected to people that are that are part of that development process, be they real estate, construction, political or otherwise, um, it allows you to, to see inside that crystal ball and be able to forecast um, you know years in advance what's going to happen before it happens i remember a story you were telling me one time about a, a you were looking at um i can't remember which city it was in but there was a bypass that was being built, and this was going to be built in like 24 months, and uh, you know, from when we were talking about it, and you were talking about like where the location of a dental practice would be, the way the bypass came around the the city, and everything like that. And I thought, good grief, man, <laughs> this is like multiple years in advance, and he's already got the corner picked out. You know, I mean, that's that's really being connected to the community, being able to read the tea leaves and and forecast development, know where your business business. Business is going to end up before anything's even broken ground. Um, Very, very cool. Um, So let's uh, let's go back to one other piece of it as well. And you mentioned you touched on associates and um, you know the those who are graduating from dental school uh, and and coming back toward their hometown. And I think you you've been very forward thinking. To a degree, altruistic uh, and and uh, being willing to share with um, two of of the well the two dental schools in our our state in North Carolina soon to be the third one, um, but the. For the two and and you and in uh, University of North Carolina and East Carolina U- University, you're connected very well in those uh, institutions and it, have really laid the groundwork over a long period of time and spent a lot of time um, uh, paying it back to those two institutions. Can you just talk maybe a little bit about your involvement with those two schools and you know how it's kind of helped you continue to to build a business successfully?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean. You know, those schools are here in the state to serve the dental needs of of the people of the state of North Carolina. And, um, you know, us really bridging that transition or gap between education. A lot of these students of, you know, first generation dentists, they don't have any mentors or you know anyone to look up to or to help them navigate that transition. And so. Um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to have a great relationships with both schools, serve on a couple of boards and um, really try to to help them, you know fill their their mission statement of, of serving the teeth and, and the, uh, of the people of the state and um, you know meeting these students when they're kids and, and you know in their dental education, find out what they want, where they want to be some of them like me you know left our our hometowns to go off to to college or dental school swearing we'd never return and lo and behold you know there's no place like home we do and uh some of them i'm finding have had you know either failed associateships or uh experiences in cities and things along the way and just find themselves at that stage of life or family that they're ready to kind of get back to a smaller place and so um you know, that it's it's been a, a great opportunity to sort of provide an avenue for that for a lot of our doctors.
0: Yeah, I think the other thing about the way you've um, played this hand of cards so well is that, you know, people think about growing the business by adding additional locations. And then they think about the staffing, especially the associates, to fill it. And that's sort of the obvious right. and And your strategy has been one to once again, think years in advance and think about the the student body, if you will, of those dental schools and who's from your area and is going to be graduating in a couple of years. And if you know that, and if you know that they are probably predisposed to want to return to their hometown, then that gives you a head start couple of years in advance of thinking about okay what practices might be available to buy in that town or if it's a, a legitimate opportunity is it a de novo the right strategy for that and it's a it's a it's a completely different way of looking at growth strategy than than what is the formulaic approach um uh that's more akin to a real estate play this one is solving for the hardest uh Nut to crack in our world, which is uh, recruiting and retaining associates. If you know they're coming back home, what can you find that meets their needs, and how can we do it together? And I think there's just a lot of genius in that. That that far too often um, people uh, it never occurs to them to to lead with the associate versus the practice to acquire. So, tip of the cap to you on on that. Um, let's maybe transition now. So so w- when we were first getting the opportunity to work together and you were literally rebuilding the business and your personal home uh from the hurricane damage um you were like you said multiple locations simultaneously you were wearing a lot of hats you were working a full clinical load fast forward a couple of years now and you've got some more uh, you've expanded some practices more uh, capacity coming online Uh, you still work as fill-in uh, dentist in a, a couple of different locations, maternity leave, vacation, expansion, et cetera. But your role is really more um, all but full-time on a business development, CEO, visionary type of a, a perspective. How how have you kind of transitioned into that role so successfully? Because I think that's a hard transition for um, a lot of clinicians to make, Um being the entrepreneur that you are, you've you've done it really, really well. I wonder if there's some insight you can share into to what that transition was like, and what do you think makes you great at what you do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the first challenge is we all have lifestyles that kind of become set to our clinical income, and uh, you know, running a small dental group doesn't pay as well as being a dentist, and and so that that was a first and foremost challenge. I mean, I, I was fortunate enough to have a uh, a wife who was pretty successful over that period of time to help ease the pain a little bit, um, and uh, you know, was largely running things. You know, in thirty minute, thirty second increments on emails between patients and stuff. And it, it, it really you have to get outside of the business to really start to work on the business. And and so, really, COVID actually probably was one of the things that helped the most. Uh, in in me dialing back clinically because we all had to quit. And uh, we weren't sure if we were coming back, but it did give me a lot of time to reflect on things. And uh, we had a building under construction that was where I was slated to practice and it it was delayed. And so, you know, just naturally the, the associate going in there needed to work uh, more than I did. So it, it did free me up a little bit. And, um, you know, since then, uh, we do all reach a size where we need kind of that fireman or we need somebody that can pop in when they're uh, is, is someone out, be it maternity leave or a heart attack, or you know, uh, flexibility. I mean, flexibility is a huge part of what helps us do what we do. Being able to add a half dentist somewhere. Well, I, I don't see many half dentists walking around. So, if I can be a half a CEO and a half a dentist a couple of days a week it, until that practice grows large enough to uh, to take on the next associate or doctor, then then that level of flexibility has been allowed us to kind of be nimble and and become what we needed to be to get through each, each given situation.
0: Yeah. Very well said. I mean, how do you feel about the business right now that you you've built and are continuing to build? I mean, I I know feel is tough to, it's a squishy word, right? You can't nail it to the wall or anything. And, um, but just, you know, at this stage of your journey, I think maybe it's just because every year I get a little bit older and I tend to take a little bit more time to reflect, but I think, all too often as entrepreneurs, we're hardwired to just go nose to the ground and grind away, you know, and and we don't really even take our foot off the gas to appreciate um, what we built. How how are you feeling about the business and, and sort of where it is and where you are personally?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we still are not without our challenges. They're just different, um, different size or different form. Um, but the track record, kind of reflecting back on, you know, if we survive, call it the hurricane incident or uh, the next challenge that that we will survive whatever one we we face next. And so, um, you know, it just gives a lot of confidence in in the history that, um, you know, of, of challenges that we've overcome. And you know, when we always kind of make it about the patient and the doctor and our teams and yeah, ha- have everything the, them in every part of every decision. Then we're doing things for the right reasons, and I believe that if we continue to make decisions based on that, that uh, uh, that hopefully we'll be fortunate enough to continue to grow
0: yeah uh, i'm i'm very confident that you that you will be and knowing where your business is now and kind of what the next 6 to 12 months look like in the the short run is um is a very enviable position to be in but at the same time it did not come without a lot of Hard work, stick to itiveness, really drive and determination, and that's um, I, I like saying that I like it when the good guys finish first, and and um, that's part and parcel of what we're talking about here today. So, Will, you know, looking back on your journey, if you can share. You know one piece of advice that you'd share with yourself when you were you know 10 years ago or 15 years ago um if you knew now what you knew then <laughs> that type of thing what what might that be like uh, or any you know sort of parting words of wisdom for our audience um that's, that's starting out their journey and is looking to to build something similar to what you've got
1: yeah i mean it is a lot of hard work and sacrifice um And, you know, uh, eventually we hope all hope it becomes worth it. Time is kind of a a huge thing. And and, uh, early on, when we don't feel like we can afford the best coaches and advisors, maybe is when we need them the most. And uh, I I wish I'd engaged you guys earlier. Probably would have saved me a lot of money and a lot of time and and decisions that uh, I kind of stumbled around and had to learn things the hard way. Um, and, and so, yeah, finding, finding the right people and right team to work with so that, uh, you know, you can sort of accelerate your growth by leveraging their knowledge and their guidance.
0: Well, uh, you're, you're kind to say that I did not necessarily mean for that to be a, a prompt question, but what <laughs> you're, I appreciate your, your candor knowing you as well as I do. What I will also add for the audience is that, um, you know, we've got a lot of people in our audience are forward-thinking, and they're um, uh, they seek education, right? They they seek to learn and and accelerate the learning curve, and and not replicate others' failures, make the same mistake twice. Um, Will Harvey is one of those guys that seeks a lot of coaching, a lot of guidance, and and for as long as I've known you, I mean, we're a strategic coach colleagues you're you're in that program now I just rolled out of it. Uh, you've been in another uh, a number of other uh, coaching and mentorship um, uh, groups and and industry groups and things like that and you're also somebody that seeks a lot of clinical education both for you and for your um, for your associates and I think that sort of, mentality of always looking to learn and and learn from others um is ver- versus being head down go it alone you know i don't i don't need anybody else's input i think that has served you well and I don't, i'm not just talking about our relationship certainly but i think you are predisposed to um to seek that and i think that pays a lot of dividends for you um because you bring up a lot of a, a lot of highly educated topics to me and it keeps me on my toes too so
1: i appreciate that aspect of it but um this is uh yeah absolutely we have to have to stay relevant and uh you know every the world moves along faster and faster and uh you know the more we can learn from each other and and help elevate uh each of our journeys and games the better
0: yeah very well said very well said. Well, this has been great. I, I really appreciate you being on with me today, and our, our audience is better for it. I enjoy the time that we get to spend together. This is a little bit more, uh, maybe, structured and um, uh, uh, different from our normal conversations. But I know that the people in the audience uh, can glean a lot from from your guidance and and your your story, and it's a great one. And I really appreciate your time and being with me today, my friend.
1: Yeah, absolutely, my pleasure.
0: Awesome. We, it will not be the last time we have you on the, uh, the podcast. That's for sure. You were hit the first time, and I know you'll be every bit a hit uh, on this next episode. For those in our audience, if you do have questions uh, about anything that Will and I covered today uh, or certainly anything that's top of mind for you, I would encourage you to drop me a line directly at Perrin at PolarisHealthcarePartners.com. And of course, you can find more about who we are and what all we do at our website at com. Thanks so much for being a listener and a subscriber. We'll see you on the next episode.